so this is on Yud Shvat, on the 10th day of Shvat. Uh, the Rebbe became Rebbe one year later, officially, he accepted the leadership. And the previous Rebbe, who has passed away the year before, uh, on 1950, Tovshin Yud, Yud Shvat, uh, this year was sort of a year that was in between the two Rebbes, but unofficially, the Rebbe became Rebbe already. People would ask the Rebbe questions, but the Rebbe did not formally accept it. Now, the Rebbe, uh, in addition to being a Rebbe and his holiness and his uh, uh, righteousness and his... Uh, he was also a tremendous you know, scholar and also a tremendous... Um, uh, devoted to his father-in-law and he he directed basically uh, how we should conduct ourselves. So even when it came to what do we do for Yud Shabbat? What do we do after the passing of the Rebbe? Now of course the year that the Rebbe passed there was nothing that anybody can do but the next year before Yud Shabbat the Rebbe wrote a letter how we should remember, how we should practice the Yud Shvat, the day of passing of the previous Rebbe. A lot of the conduct that we apply to the previous Rebbe are actually similar in some ways to one's conduct to their parents who have passed away. Because as mentioned in other times, a Rebbe to a Chosid is a spiritual father and the relationship and the tie and the connection from a Chosid to a Rebbe is in similar ways as a child to a parent. And therefore, some of these conducts, or many of them, would actually also apply to your own personal parent would conduct in such a way. And you'll see as we go through some of the traditions, the Rebbe wrote a letter explaining to people and articulating different things and traditions what they should do on the 10th day of Shvat to commemorate the first Yorzeit of the previous Rebbe. And of course, from then on, it goes on for every year. So, the uh, first thing is, in this year, uh, it's actually the same setting as it was the first time around, in which the Yorzeit came out to be on Shabbos. This year, Yud Shvat, the 10th of Shvat, is on Shabbos. That's the previous Rebbe passed away on Shabbos. So, uh, there is... As you know, we study the Mishnayis. Uh, after every davening, we do the, uh, we do the Mishnayis. That's the Mishnah. Now, if you look in the back of the Siddur, you will see there are two chapters that we do. Now, we say out loudly just the end of the seventh chapter of Mikvois. Mikvois is the name of the tractate. The chapter is number seven. That's the chapter that we conclude. Now, even though we just say the last words of the Mishnah, but technically the Mishnayis is to be studied every day in the memory of the people that have passed on. These two particular Mishnayis, these two Mishnahs, 
the 24th chapter of uh, the tractate Kalim and the seventh chapter of the tractate Mikvois are studied. And there's reasons because it spells out the Shom in the end of the seven, it talks about Mikvah, uh, that ends with the words Tahir, pure. It's, there's reasons why we, why we do this. And That's what um, Mr. Bogart says, right? Yeah, but he, what we say here is just the end of the right. last for the chapter for the Kaddish. But technically, part of it is... Well, should study we study the whole thing. Or the whole thing. And that's done um, before, the, before the davening. Now, exactly, uh, you know, uh, loud, like you say, we only say one, one Mishnah. Technically, we learn everything from beforehand, but, the, you know, when exactly should it be studied? Some people, there's a discussion, some people are careful that from the minute you start the davening, uh, you shouldn't really add, even if it's Mishnah, only do the davening. You know, when you start the prayers, you start from the prayer book, you just do the davening. Don't bring in, like, Mishnah or anything else. So some people question whether this should be done, because sometimes, you know, you see when the uh, Shliach Tzibur is waiting for people to finish, he will learn his Mishnayis over there. So don't question that, whether that should be done, or you should have it all studied from before you start the davening in the morning. But whatever the case is, out loud, we say basically the last chapter, and like we do, after all the Mishnah, uh, we do that section of Reb Hananya ben Akash Yomer, because in order to say the Kaddish, uh, you can't say it directly after the Mishnah. You have to say it after something like the Agoda explained elsewhere where the statement of Rabbi Hanan ben Akashia always comes in so that we can say the Rabbonon Kaddish afterwards. There is also an additional tradition which is uh, customs among Hasidim that before they say that Kaddish, they do a line of several lines of Tanya uh, also. Uh, they do it softly, people in an undertone. You don't hear that. So let's say, and then they'll say a line or two of Tanya, which some people say that the Rebbe said was the second uh, chapter, the beginning, which talks about the second soul in the Jewish person is a, a, a part of God, which is really talking about the soul. You're saying Kaddish for the soul, so that would be appropriate saying. That's what some people say. But in the Rebbe's uh, letter, it just says, say a few lines of Tanya. Now, the previous Rebbe, as I mentioned in some other games, he uh, published a special discourse for Yuchvat for that year, Yuchvat in 1950. The way it usually worked is that the Rebbe would recite a mimer, he would recite a discourse, and then later on they would put it down, they would write it up, and then a year, a few years later, another time, they would publish that uh, discourse that he had said sometimes before, and they published it for a certain Shabbos. Especially by the previous Rebbe at that time, he was getting weak, he wasn't, you know, in, in the best of physical health. So they published, for that Shabbos, they published a special 
discourse, which begins with the words of Basi Legani Achoisi Kala, which is a verse from the Tanakh, from the Shirashirim, Basi Legani Achoisi Kala. I've returned to the garden, talks about uh, God's divine presence in this world, how God originally came down to this world, but then the people, when they erred, they made mistakes, and they did some sins. So God sort of left them and went up to uh, sort of on a higher, higher level. And then later on, we had the righteous people that sort of brought the Shekhinah, the divine, back down into this world. The previous uh, Rebbe wrote that. He is quoting from, this is actually from the Medrash on a verse. He's quoting the Medrash. And the, Alter, and the previous Rebbe went later on and articulated, explained how the how he brought it down and what the building of the Mishkan and goes in a long discourse which has 20 chapters to it. Now, that has 20 chapters, and that discourse was published for Yud Shvat of 1950. But he didn't know Why? he was going to die. Then. Oh, he know, didn't know. That's yeah. Hashem knows. I don't know. We don't know that. Also, but he published it. Now, why did he publish Yud Shvat? Before he read it. Bef- be- no, he had said it before, he had said it. and oh, they okay. put it down, and now they published it for that Shabbos. Oh. Did, that, did Yud Shvat have any significance? Oh, I'm going to tell you exactly. Good question. The previous Rebbe's grandmother, the Rebbe Rivka, she passed away on Yud Shvat. Oh. And in addition to that, the previous Rebbe's mother, she passed away on Yud Shvat. She passed away on the 13th day of Shvat. This discourse was actually dedicated to the memory of his mother and his grandmother, to both Yud and Yud Gimel Shabbat. That was dedicated to that. Now, he passed away. Uh, so, but it had 20 chapters. So what happens is, the Rebbe, after the Rebbe became Rebbe, uh, on the first time he officially gave a discussion, a discourse, his first public mimer, now, there is a difference between a talk and a mimer, a saying. A talk is a regular discussion. A mimer has the Hasidic lingo. It has... Uh, it's, no, a mimer is a Hasidic discourse. It usually speaks about... Uh, based on the Kabbalah, based on the Hasidic teaching, it's not a, just a general talk. Not in a general talk, you can talk about everything. Usually, many times, there is a special song that you sing to prepare yourself. It's considered a very spiritual experience to hear a mimer from the Rebbe, for the Rebbe to say a mimer. That's, it has a special level to it. And the Rebbe's first mimer was in 1951, on Yud Shvat, Tov Shin Yud Now, on that time, the Rebbe began to interpret the mimer of his of the previous Rebbe. So it had twenty chapters, and what the Rebbe would do every year, the first year, he basically took the first chapter. He started from the beginning. He went through very briefly till he got to the first chapter, and when he got to the first chapter, he went and he explained that he went and he explained that no I need to get back to the place oh well, it's closed on me oh no all you do is just slide it okay it should be open okay so 
he, uh, he went and he explained the first chapter that the previous Rebbe wrote. And the uh, Rebbe therefore uh, gives the uh, instruction that after they do the Mariv, after we do uh, the Mariv, um, we should recite a portion of the discourse that it was given for the day of passing. That is considered to be the Rebbe's uh, last will, so to speak, in testimony, his, his instruction, his tzavah, his uh, instruction to us. So the Rebbe said to study that. Now, possibly, if possible, somebody should memorize it and say it out of memory. Because this is the tradition that when we recite a discourse, if at all possible, you should memorize it and then give it over. In Chabad, we do that like at Shabbos, at a, even amongst Hasidim, so somebody will remember uh, and study a discourse, and then you give it over. Now you see, like Bar Mitzvah boys, yeah, your son, your boys. Your Bar Mitzvah boys, boys like for example, they that's right, they go ahead, they do a mimer. So they, they sit and they work very hard beforehand. Now, let alone doing a mimer, we tell them to do it in Yiddish, and they don't even understand Yiddish. <laughs> but, still, but still, some of them don't understand Yiddish, which they. It's long. And it's long, right. You know, some of them, you know, mimers can be all kinds of sizes, you know, they come in all kinds of sizes, sometimes long. So, but the preferable way is that it's done, it's done orally, but if it's not done orally, then you should do it inside. And the same thing happens, a part of it should be done in the morning, and part of them should be, to be done after mincha. I had the great privilege, I'm humbled by it, I don't know if I should share it because it sounds like like boasting, but um, you know, they would have by the Rebbe's minion uh, where everybody got together, the Rebbe, would, uh, the Rebbe would pray, because the Rebbe would lead the services, it's his father-in-law's your site, on the Yud Shvat. so the Rebbe would lead the services and um, and after the services somebody had to go ahead in front of the entire community give over, recite the Hasidic discourse. And they would choose, you know, one of the students at the yeshiva. Not any student. They would Not choose one of the students, students to give over the mimer with it. So I was privileged one year to do, to do on, at the, uh, the mimer. No, no, this wasn't a Shabbos. Oh, it was a regular... It was a yuchvat during the regular, and you know we needed to recite it, and you know it was it was kind. I got to get up in front of the whole. Yeah, no behal, no orally. Of course, you know they told me you know a couple weeks before, a week before, the yeshiva they would assign, they would pick some of the boys, and that that would be a a big distinction to go ahead and say it in front of everybody. It wasn't in front of the rebbe because the rebbe had left already. But then everybody would still be in the shul, and you know I was uh, must one? have been at twenty-two. I would I did it after Myrav. I did it. Well, which I, one? I, I, you mean you just pick anyone? Or they no, you do the beginning. No, so the the first one you do the first uh, the first chapter of of of, of, of the Mimer. But in any event, you know, I remember as a kid always looking up to who's the one that gets to do the Mimer. That was like a. 
are very uh, special. You know, usually they take somebody who can deliver it well. So, so hopefully it was good. I forget. I don't know if there was. <laughs> I don't think there was a recording of it. That was before for Torah recordings. It's been great ever since. I'm not sure. In any event, so. Um, so he says like this that so you 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 re- recite the mimer, and um, and the same thing you do after the morning and after mincha. It doesn't say or how much of it, but a section of it. It would be too much to recite the whole mimer. Then you'd have to spend a lot of time. So you do a portion. Maybe you do one 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 piece and one piece. I forget exactly how it's divided. Um, and as mentioned earlier, the first year when the Rebbe uh, Yudah Aleph in Tosh Yudah 51, he explained the first chapter. And what he did the second year, he explained the second chapter. And the third year, he explained the third chapter. So after 20 years, he went through explaining each chapter. Now, when the Rebbe would explain each chapter, he would also interject in his explanation, the Rebbe would interject the different uh, teachings from all the Rebbe's from the Baal Shem Tov down, the Baal Shem Tov, the Magad of Mizrich in his discourse he would bring down he would quote and he would articulate various different points but he'd make sure to incorporate all the Rebbe's and all the leaders of Chabad to bring it down, all the way down in that particular discourse and um, but you know, until Tavshin Nun Beis, there was, you know, there was uh, time uh, for the Rebbe. You know, you're talking about from 19, uh, from night from Tavshin Yur Aleph, right? So then, 20 years was Lamad Aleph, Lamad Aleph, right? And then up till Nun Aleph, so it was like 40 years. And then what did you do? Oh, Start again. Years, it was 40 years. So. After that's right. So after twenty, why after 40, twenty, why forty years? That was the um, the memorum that Rebbe was able to say until I the it was twenty years. Till, and then he know, repeated it. He started again because it was uh, forty years. So what happened is, uh, 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 so it turns out that for every chapter, the Rebbe explained two times. So say like the uh, uh, the chapter one was explained by the Rebbe in nineteen fifty one. Okay. And also in 1971. And the chapter 2 was explained in 1952 and then in 1972. Was it explained in the same way? No. A whole other explanation. You know, uh, there was an endless flow of of wisdom and and insight and everything else. Never the same. (laughs) Every time. Interpretation. You read it, reread it, and said, wait a minute, that's not that way now. I don't think it's that. It's not added. It's you can branch off. Yeah. You branch off in different directions, you don't, uh, yeah. and there's new new insight and new explanations. Exactly. And but it's it's not like is it mean this or that, and we change that. No, it doesn't. It didn't work that it's way. Like reading a book, you can read it once and get one thing out of it. Then you say, Gee, you know, I didn't see that. Maybe right. that you do that with the Torah yeah. every year. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, it, was oh. it was a different generation too in the seventies. Oh, yeah, generations, and then it changed. Okay, that was also. Uh, so now. Okay, so that was uh, that was the um, um, that was the Rebbe's conduct. So it almost became a tradition. The Rebbe didn't write about this because the Rebbe's letter came out in the fir- before the first year Yitzvah, but it sort of became a tradition amongst Chabad that every year to study those specially two dedicated discourses by the Rebbe 
which he said to explain the mimer of that year. So like this year, when we're up to the year Tavshin Ayin Dalad, people would study the two years that the Rebbe explained uh, the fourth chapter. Now, once he explained it, as I said, in Tavshin Yudalit in 1951, and then again in 1974. So these are the two Maimorim that they would study of the... So for 19, Tavshin Yudalit and Tavshin Lama Dalit. When did the Rebbe die? He was, it was that 91 was the last, when he said last month was that, yeah. It was, uh, so are you going to do... It's going to be, it's going to be 20 years now. Gimel Thomas is going to be 20 91, years. 91, you said? No, it's, no. Well, it, actually, 91, he got sick. No, no. So when did he pass away? It was going to be 20 years now. 92. So it'll be 94, he must have Yeah, it's going to be 20 years now. Yeah, it's a power. What? Has anyone continued to teach and repeat it? They're learning the Rebbe stuff. There is, until uh, Mashiach comes, we're going to be learning the Rebbe stuff. <laughs> no, Nothing, no, no, no. continue giving mimers? No. They're only, no. They're only the Rebbe gave the mimer. You can read what he wrote. That's right. The Rebbe left oh. us this stuff, but so we're still rereading. So Saturday, you're not going to give a mimer? You don't give a mimer? No. Uh, Saturday night, we're just going to remember, reflect on the, on the, on the previous Rebbe's life. We're also going to talk about the uh, finishing of the Rambam Maimonides, which we're doing tomorrow. We're completing the entire Maimonides. But let's talk about it. I want you to want to finish a couple of more traditions over here before we go too late. We'll try to go another 10 minutes. Uh, in the um, uh, morning, he says, before the davening, there's also a tradition that uh, people will study a chapter of Tanya, uh, of the book of Tanya, uh, before the davening in the morning, and also... Uh, after Mincha. And the chapter of Tanya, there is a part of it, there was a tradition to bring down, there's a tradition. In addition, you know, we study the Tanya by the way it's divided by the cycle of the year. But besides that, some people have a tradition, they just uh, study one chapter per day. And it looks like within that framework, there's also on a yard site to study a chapter of Tanya. Now, the particular uh, chapter that is studied on this day is the chapter um, uh, 27. Uh, the chapter 27 is a chapter which the Rebbe wrote to condolences on the passing of Reb Nachmendel Mevitebsk. That thing also has a, uh, a beer, it also has a uh, explanation it seems like sometimes you know people would learn. The Rebbe doesn't direct you which one to learn specifically in the Rebbe's letter, but it does seem like that people would um, choose to learn chapter 27. And maybe it says here that during the uh, passing of the Rebbe Rashab, uh, there is a letter by this father, by the previous Rebbe, who suggested to learn uh, chapter 27 after Myriv, and then there is the explanation for chapter 27 to read that after Mincha, and then before Mincha to read chapter 23. It's a little bit different than exactly what the Rebbe writes over here, because the Rebbe just writes about the morning, and he just says to do one chapter in the morning, the afternoon. Now, also, the um, during the 24-hour period, which is also a tradition, is to learn 
the chapters of Mishnah that begins with the name of the person that passed away. So, if the name was Yosef, there are many, many chapters in the Talmud, in the, in the Mishnah. You know, the Mishnah is made out of six orders, six Dorim. Each order contains many tractates. Each tractate contains contains from many chapters, and each chapter has many Mishnas. That's the way it's broken up. So you have an order, then you have in the orders you have tractates, in the tractates you have chapters, and in the chapters you have Mishnah. Now these chapters begin with certain Hebrew words. Hebrew words, it begins. Now amongst these chapters you have the words of all the entire Alabase. Some of those chapters will begin with the letter Yud. Some of them will begin with the letter Vav. Over here, he suggests some easy, uh, some easy ones like in Tractate Yoma, uh, the uh, chapter eight begins with the letter Yud. So you study that whole chapter to commemorate the letter Yud, and then you would do in the Mai, which is chapter two over there, that begins with the letter Vav, and in the Sechta Tainis, chapter two begins with the letter Fei, and then Chala again with Yud. Now here, sometimes you have is Yosef Yitzchak to have the name. Uh, sometimes you have the same letter. So you had a Yud in the first name, Yosef, and then you have another Yud. Do you have to do another chapter or can you repeat the chapter you've already done? He says that's okay. He bases it on a uh, instruction uh, of the Rebbe that it's okay to redo the who's, chapter. Whose first name are you talking about? The previous, previous Rebbe, his name was Yosef Yitzchak. Yosef Yitzchak. And then you have the Tzadik would be from Parah, the ninth chapter, and the Ches is Shabbos, chapter 22, and the Kuf would be Nedorim, chapter 8. That's only a suggestion. It doesn't really matter at all. As long as you follow this order, you do Yud, Vav, Samach, Fei, Yud, Tzad, Tzadik, Ches, Kuf. Now again, like I said before, the same thing is true by any site of a parent, you want to learn the Mishnah of the, uh, of the deceased. So sometimes, you know, you luck out. If you only had one name with three letters in it, then you only got to do three chapters. But he had like five names, and a lot of, then you're going to have to study a lot of Mishnah. But I'm not sure which one is lucky. Maybe you learn a lot, you're lucky. But whatever the case is. Now, um, the Rebbe also says, so that during the 24-hour period to study that, um, also, the Rebbe says that during the 24-hour period, to make a get-together, to make a gathering, um, uh, to get together and uh, talk about the Rebbe and make a special gathering. In the Mitzvah Shem on Shabbos Day, we'll have a special Kiddush also to commemorate the Yud Shvat and we'll talk about the uh, previous Rebbe and about what the Rebbe um, meant and what he stood for and what he did. Now, there was a little discussion over here about doing Friday night something uh, right away is when Shabbos starts. In the beginning, it seemed like uh, the Rebbe encouraged that. Then it seemed not. It's not so exactly clear because if you start making gatherings on Friday night, people are going home to eat the Friday night dinner uh, meal for Shabbos. It's not maybe the appropriate time. But that's brought down here as a discussion over here. Uh, and of course, if you make a gathering and you're going to in Hasidic, uh, I guess, customs, it's very much part of it to make these fabrengans, his vadus, 
we believe in 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 in, in uh, I guess support system. Uh, today, everybody knows there is support. You go to all different kinds of supports to support you. But therapy. in the Hasidim or therapy, uh, but the Hasidim didn't call this uh, a therapy, or they didn't call it. But what it was called is it was called mutual getting together. So we sing a song together. The maybe the uh, older or the leader of the community speaks, you know, inspiring words. Get everybody inspired. Believed very strong about having, you know, uh, motivate one another. And to give us the 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 strength of one another. I know it's colder, but we're we're going to be done in just three minutes. And uh, and um, so um, the Rebbe also said that um, you should set up time to explain to the people uh, what what the Alter Rebbe, what the previous Rebbe did. Um, it, during the time, Rebbe says to maybe visit other shuls, visit other places. Re- review, recite something of a saying of the previous Rebbe to explain to people that the love of the Rebbe wasn't restricted just to his family, community, or Hasidim. The Rebbe's love went all for all Jews. The Rebbe instituted about saying the Tehillim, doing the Chumash with the Rashi, and also study the Tanya in places which it's fitting, and it would be best to get people together, make up a bringing, and then have a, a shmuz uh, talk about this. Also, to try to go, especially with the youth, are to uh, even if it's not religious youth. The Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, put in a lot of energy and a lot of hope. He trusted that it's our future is in the young people because if we can inspire them, uh, and they will eventually become our leaders, and we need to make sure that they are, you know, they are in, they're on the in, and um, you know, to to continue doing this in a way that is going to be inspirational uh, to everyone. Um, now we also have. A, um, the idea that on Shachris um, uh, people get an aliyah uh, like before a Yorzeit you get an aliyah on the Shabbos beforehand but in this Shabbos because this Yorzeit is on the Shabbos we get the aliyah on Shabbos itself but what we don't do we don't go out to different rooms we don't, we don't do more aliyahs as we spoke about we don't increase we go to in a different room but you need at least six people to hear the Torah reading. It doesn't have to be during the davening. Like, if you come early to shul, and you want to make just a minion, but you need six people to, uh, to be part of the minion. If you're listening to the Torah, you can be in there, but you have to have, if you don't want to fulfill your obligation, you have to count, say, well, I'm not intending to fulfill my obligation, so then you can go and join another group. If You need six people. You need six people to fulfill their obligation with that reading of the Torah. So, over here, we'll see, based on the crowd that is here on Shabbos, many times we either read simultaneously in two places in the next room or here, or we'll leave it for after the davening for those people who want to who do it. We usually won't do uh, uh, in the middle of, uh, of, of, of we don't why, do it before why, now sorry, why do you have to do two readings? because everybody wants an aliyah how are you going to get an aliyah for everybody there's only eight aliyahs the aliyah. because of the whole oh, before the yard side before the yard side, right? for the yard side so okay. you'll do regular okay, we'll do regular here but we may get do another minion 
depending on how many people are here in the shul, how many people we can get for a minion. We may make three minions. You can't do a group minion or anything. No, but you can do six. Yeah, only eight aliyahs. Seven so seven, yeah. some people now now also we're also going to see you know some up, some yeah. people are not really particular about getting an aliyah this Shabbos so if there's only let's say if there's only going to be 10 people there's going to be more home but if there's 10 people and two don't care so then you will give it to the eight that care you know and uh, whatever who gets maftir does that make a difference okay so here it says that you would definitely you would uh, give the maftir to the person who is most learned most learned provided that it's Either by lottery or it's uh, by the agreement of the people. Well, in some places it's you don't have to. Uh, be the rabbi. Uh, well, not not in all places, you know. Some some shuls want to get rid of the rabbis, but you know, you know, so it doesn't always. But in any event, um, um, the um, reading of the Torah. So this week, which is. Not particular to you, Shvat, but it happens to be that we're also reading the special song, Oz Yoshir, Shabbos Shira. It's called the Shabbos of Song. And the uh, the tradition is to stand during the reading of the Shabbos Shira. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, um, the, um, um, I guess. The the main thing of all this, um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish it. The main thing of all this is, is not just to remember, but as it says, we remember so that we can do. Uh, we remember and we we learn from the dedication. And I just want to say this. Even though we went yesterday, and we don't know whether we went, we really were so organized and everything else. And I was saying to the person who went with me. I was saying to him like this, when you do something good for somebody else, it's not only doing good for the other person, but you're actually, if you're doing good act, you're doing mostly for yourself. Yeah. It's just like when you do a mitzvah, God doesn't need from us, we, we can't do anything for God. God gives us an opportunity, and when we do something for God, it's our benefit. It's not He's benefiting from us. There's nothing that we can give God that He doesn't have. It is us that Hashem is giving. So when we do something for Hashem, we're doing it actually for ourselves. When you are out there to help somebody else, it doesn't really, mostly what you're doing is you're doing it for yourself so that you can be a good person, so that you can go out of your way so that you can help somebody else. That is what is the most important part of it. So when we read about the Rebbe, when we learn, when we focus, we do all these things. Of course, we want to do it for the Rebbe to honor the Rebbe. But at the end of the day, the message is for us to learn and to see and to know that there is expected from us what we can achieve. Of course, we're not the Rebbe, but we have to listen and pay closer attention to the message of the Rebbe. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in life, and today especially, everything is just like a flicker. It's just a flicker in and out, and people don't stay focused on any any item, and anything that happens more than an instant, you know, you take a look, and that's the extension span that we have. But these commemorative items are meant to bring us into focus, to stop for a second, think about, you know, what the previous Rebbe, and, you know, the Rebbe writes about the previous Rebbe, but, you know, 
from that we know about the Rebbe as well. You know, everything that the Rebbe wrote about the previous Rebbe gives you an insight what he thinks. And what we need to do for, for the Rebbe. And to us, Yuchvat is a double holiday. It's not only the past, but it also was the present. It's the Rebbe's inspiration. Because to us, the Rebbe is going to lead us until the coming of Mashiach. In other words, we. Uh, we are connected, this is our leader, and we are connected with the Rebbe, uh, notwithstanding that it's 20 years now, but still, he is our leader, he is our Rebbe, and we have a little bit of a glimpse what the Rebbe expects from us to his father-in-law, how we need to behave, and we need to, uh, I guess, thank Hashem for giving us the Rebbe who led our generation and helped us and Hashem, we will with our own eyes see very soon the coming of Mashiach and then we'll see how all this work paid off. When did the, the